But guys, tonight we are continuing with the series and we're concluding with how do we discover joy? How do we get to walk in joy? And um, if you know Andre, you'll know that he's a very diligent pursuer of God and His truth. So I'm expectant for the word tonight, knowing that this is something that wasn't just thought about in the weekend, but it's something that has been birthed and stirred in his heart for years. Um, so we're expectant tonight, Andre. Thank you very much, Jaku. Sure, you feel the pressure when you uh, when he gives the introduction. But uh, I am uh, extremely excited about tonight's message. Um, also very nervous. Um, the word that I'm sharing with you guys, I'm not sharing it from a place of being victorious. I'm sharing it from a place of being a fellow pilgrim with you guys. And the word pilgrim just means like a fellow traveler on the road with all of you guys towards seeking God. And uh, we are in, as Jacques said, in week four of our study on the book of Philippians. We are focusing on joy and finding joy. And this week we're doing chapter four of Philippians. And yeah, it, I'm just overwhelmed by this moment. And The reason why I'm overwhelmed is uh, the Lord is just so faithful. I'm really expecting that you all come and come and touch us tonight. I didn't expect this. Okay, so I'm speaking tonight on joy through prayer. And uh, as I was preparing, Marielle asked me the question, but why do we want joy through prayer? First of all, because it's joy. And uh, joy, if you don't want joy, I don't know what kind of person you are, but uh, I really want joy. It's like someone asking someone, do you want to sleep? And you're like, what kind of question is that? But uh, joy is just something that is so beyond ourselves to actually explain and uh, how many of you guys have ever prayed something and experienced God answering your prayer and what emotion did you feel in that moment did you feel down did you feel unhappy or did you just literally feel this joy coming up in you that because God came through for you And that is what I, or I say, why joy through prayer? Because it's a place of safety where we know that when we speak to God, He hears us and that He interacts with us and that He's interested in our lives and that He really wants to be involved. But He's not involved in our lives on our terms. We don't get to set the preconditions for Him. Lord, you can be in my life, but subject to the following X, Y, and Z. No, he's involved in our lives on his terms. And our ability to make peace with that 
is going to hinder us or not hinder us. So as a church, we've been, for the, more than a year now, ever since lockdown started, even before lockdown, really trusting the Lord to help us grow in prayer. And uh, I've recently been reading a book, and uh, I started chapter 3, and I was like in the, I think it's like the first or the second paragraph, and, and I read the following. And it says that if a person only knows how to seek after himself and his own desire, he may pray, but he is not a man of prayer. Brothers, if we know only how to pray for our own living, business, and family, then our prayers really fall short. This proves that we are still rather complicated and mixed within. We desire other things besides God. And when I, literally when I read this, it was, I was unable to continue with the rest of the chapter because I really just felt, that's me. I'm, I'm just so selfish in, in my own and in myself. And uh, I can pretend not to be selfish, but I know I'm selfish. And a lot of my prayers revolve around myself. And ever since I've read this, I've been incapable of continuing with the book because I'm just so, Lord, I can't get past this. And when I read this, I, I just immediately went on my knees and said, Lord, I can't, I can't fix myself. I can't fix my own selfishness. So I really come before you and I repent and I admit I'm selfish. But I can't fix myself. I need you to come into my life and through your grace empower me to overcome my own selfishness. And as I'm standing here, I'm still quite selfish. But I can really experience God is starting to slowly but surely help me to start living beyond myself. And that is where tonight we're focusing on joy through prayer. And the joy through prayer comes by prayer that is beyond ourselves. So that's prayer that's not just focused on ourselves. That's why that might be where prayer starts, but it's not where it ends. And like I said, I'm not sharing this message because I'm a super Christian. I'm sharing this message because this is what God is currently confronting myself with as well. So, and whatever you hear tonight, don't hear it from the lens of I need to do better because then you're going to fail. Hear it from the, from the position of, Lord, I'm incapable, but through you and through you working in me and through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, I'm capable. So our main piece of scripture is Philippians 4, verses 4 to 7, and it reads, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I just, you just got to love how Paul can take all of these truths and like condense them into like three or four, well, two or three sentences. And you're like, 
I can preach for like two days on this, you know. So I'm not going to preach on everything because there's, there's just too much here. But as I was going through the scripture, the Lord just highlighted certain parts of the scripture for me. And the, the first part that he highlighted for me was the part that says, the Lord is at hand. And I interpret that like the Lord is near. And if I can bring it closer to home, it's like a child being alone at home and maybe being afraid because they are alone at home. But the moment their father or even their mother, just for the sake of it, you know, comes home, all of a sudden the fear goes away because their parents has come near. And in the same essence, the Lord wants to come near us. And even in this week, the Lord just asked me a question like, why do you trust your dad? And I said, well, because I know my dad. And, I was like, and then it's like, okay, oh, but so that means that in whichever part you are struggling to trust me, that's where you don't know me. And because you don't know me, you are struggling to trust me. And even in that, so we, God is just so faithful in saying, okay, but even in your weakness, I want to come and reveal myself to you. Just be vulnerable. Just come and sit at my feet. Let me speak to you. But when you are in prayer, know that I am near. Know that my character is near. My character of faithfulness, of love, of mercy, of grace, of steadfastness. It's near. And then he goes on to say the second part that stood out for me. It says, do not be anxious about anything. And when I read this, <laughs> the scripture that immediately jumped into my mind was Matthew 6, verses 24 to 34. And then it says that no one can serve two masters, for either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And he's taking it from you cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself, sufficient for the day, its own trouble. I took out some parts in the middle, so that's not exactly how it's in the Bible, but yeah. And the way that I interpret, if I have to paraphrase what I've just read, is that when I seek first God's kingdom, He will provide to me what I need to live for His kingdom. But then I'm confronted with the question, but am I really living for God's kingdom? In, and am I really willing to allow God's kingdom in every part of my life? Or only certain parts? And I'm not saying that because I want you guys to feel guilty. I'm saying that because that is what I'm asking myself, 
you know, it's, it's, it's very comfortable to come to church on a Sunday because that's what I do. But maybe Monday morning, the Lord presses on my heart to go and speak to someone. And now all of a sudden, I'm not comfortable. Am I in that moment willing to let the kingdom of God come into my life or not? And then secondly, as we are seeking God's kingdom, God knows that we have needs. That we must come to a place where we know where, what is our source. And that is where the part comes in from, you cannot serve God and money. Because if your source is your job, or whatever means of income you have, then you are serving money. And I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying that to myself as well. Or am, do I know that God is my source and He has variant, variant ways that He provides to me, one of which can be my job. But even if I lose my job, my trust doesn't all of a sudden now fall onto the ground because my job was never my source. God was my source. But if I'm serving money and I live my life building my own kingdom so that I can become as wealthy as possible, then I'm going to struggle living for God. Because God is not going to allow me to live for my own kingdom and for His kingdom. And that is a question that I even have to ask myself a lot of times. Why am I doing what I'm doing with my time? Why am I spending my time going to my, going to my work? Is it only because I want money? Is it because I can't trust God to provide for me outside of my job? What if God tells me to resign my job? Calls me going to go to another place or wants to pull me into another season of life where I need to depend on Him for money. And that is, <laughs> that's a daunting question. And in that moment, we are immediately confronted with, are we really serving God? And I am confronted with, am I really serving God? So the next part of the scripture that stood out for me was the part that says that, but in everything. And that is extremely daunting for me, because in everything means, in everything, like, like there's nothing not part of it. You know, it's like everything. And I can honestly say that I do not see God in everything. Honestly, I, I, I'm not even going to try and pretend that I see God in everything. Because that would just be hypocritical of me. And I don't think God wants us to try and perform so that now we talk about God, I'm seeking you in everything. But he wants us to come into a place where we are saying, Lord, I'm dependent on you. And I want to make you part in more of my life because I'm dependent on you. And then when I'm thinking about this phrase of in everything, then I'm thinking about, am I asking God about every area of my life? What about my health? Lord, what should I, what should I do with my life? How should I Live, what should I eat? What should I drink? If I'm sick, do I just immediately run to the doctor or do I really trust the Lord to heal me? My schedule, who decides what my schedule looks like? A lot of times we feel overwhelmed with our schedule and then we go to God angry because our schedule is out of, out of 
control, but that I forever one moment ask God to come and arrange my schedule. And now I want to be angry at Him because my schedule is out of control. It's, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. My work, what kind of work do I do? That I trust the Lord for the work, or that I ask Him whether I should do this work, or did I just see the paycheck? And say, okay, that's the paycheck I want. That's the life I want. So now, that is the work that I'm doing. Or, am I in my work because it's a door that the Lord opened for me? And we will know when the Lord opens doors for us. I've experienced, I've experienced it many times. times. And that, that is, is why, why I'm still, still where I'm at. Because, because I've wanted, wanted to resign so many times. But every single time I need to remind myself that it wasn't me that opened this door for me to be where I am. It was the Lord that opened it. So therefore, He's got a purpose for it. My relationships. Do I allow the Lord to have a say in the way that I conduct my relationships or even with who I'm in relationship with? My free time, how do I spend my free time? Lord, I'll, I'll worship you at church, but come Saturday, I'm going to go bra, I'm going to watch the rugby, I'm going to watch the cricket. There's no way I'm just going to stay at home and just seek your face. Because it's my free time, I want to enjoy my life. I've got one life, let me live it. My entertainment, what kind of entertainment do I, do I put before my eyes? For me and Marielle, we decided that we're not going to watch any movies, and I'm not putting this on you, this is just something we decided. We're not going to watch any movies where they blaspheme or use the Lord's name in vain. And I, so many times we've sat and we've started watching a movie 10 minutes in, then they, then they, then, then they use the Lord's name in vain, and me and Marielle is like, oh, alweer. Like, literally, we can't find the movie anymore to watch because it's almost impossible. But now I've got a choice. Am I going to let go of what the Lord is putting on my heart because I want to be entertained? Or am I going to say, Lord, I'm going to let go of my entertainment because I want to honor you? And again, I'm not putting that on yourself because I want to say you're not allowed to watch that type of movies. But be faithful in what the Lord is putting on your heart to do. And be obedient to that. That's what I'm trying to say. And even the way that I rest, am I including him in the way that I rest? And what it boils down to is that the amount of prayer that we have in our lives proves the amount of dependence that we have on God. And the lack of prayer that we have in our life proves the lack of independence that we have from God. And God, if we go look straight through the Old Testament, He was always one that showed Himself that He is dependable. But yet in myself, sometimes I don't want to depend on God because He makes things quite tough sometimes. He wants me to trust for things that I do not yet see. And now I need to make decisions on things that I do not yet see, and I don't even know whether He's going to come through for me. Am I willing to do that, to trust Him even when I do not see? Am I so dependent on Him that I say, Lord, I know your character. You've been faithful for so many thousands of years, and therefore I'm willing to trust you even when I do not see. And when we are becoming more dependent on the God, God <laughs> we will pray more, because it's very scary to depend on God and to want to live for Him if you're not in prayer.
the last part um, is the said, and it goes then, okay, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And just the portion of peace that stood out for me. And then even in this week, I was reading Romans 8. And as I was reading it, it just leapt out of the page, saying, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. And then I'm, I'm, I'm confronted for myself again. What do, I, what do I allow to occupy my mind? What am I current almost thinking about? What do I find myself thinking about so many times? <laughs> and to be quite honest, a lot of times I think about uh, I'm going to gratify my own flesh. Yes, I'm going to have this pizza tonight. I, do not, I, don't, I don't want to tonight. It's a Friday evening. Now all of a sudden listen to a worship song. Now I want to go eat pizza because I'm less for pizza. And that's not bad. But what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that a lot of times we make our decisions based on what our needs are, based on what our desires are. And we do not allow God to come and just say, okay, but I've got different desires for you. I, I want to come and meet you. I want you to start setting your mind on the things that I want to give to you. And once again, if I read through the Bible, that the things that God wants to lead us into is amazing. But yet I find myself not wanting to have that. If I take a look at the life of the disciples, they were, they were literally destined to just fish all the days of their life, be fishermen all the days of their life. Start at the age of whatever, then die as a fisherman. And the Lord came and He actually brought them into a life that they never even in their wildest dreams expected they would be able to live. And the legacy that He produced through their lives is one that 2,000 years later we still know who the disciples are. So the things that the Lord is inviting us into is so much more than we can ever, 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 ever have for us uh, make up ourselves. So when He's inviting us into things, it's not because He wants to be a party pooper. It's because He, he knows what, what we were created for, and He knows what our purposes are, and He knows what life and life in abundance looks like, and we do not, even though we think we do. So I really, and I know, now you guys probably know why I cried at the beginning of the service, because I'm just so overwhelmed with what the Lord is confronting me with, because I'm just so aware of how totally incapable I am, and how weak I am, and how sinful I am. But in the same moment, I'm just so aware of that scripture where Jesus thought of a parable of the Pharisee that was standing in the temple. And the Pharisee says, Lord, I pray so many times a day. I give to the poor. I fast once a week. Praise the Lord, I'm not like the sinner here next to me. And then the sinner, he just looks at the heavens and he's like, Lord, have mercy on me, I'm a sinner. And Jesus asks the question, who do you think went away from the temple righteous? So when the Lord is calling us to engage with prayer that goes beyond ourselves. 
He knows that <laughs> we are incapable to do that. But he's calling us nonetheless and to say, but stop pretending like you have all the answers. Stop pretending like you are actually good at this Christian life because you're not. The Christian life is impossible without me. So can, can't, we just, can't you just come to me in humility, in vulnerability, in transparency, and just come and put yourself before me just as you are? And I really I put a challenge out to myself and to every one of you in the church. Give me one piece of scripture where somebody went to God in humility where he rejected him. So we are so afraid to go to God because we don't, don't want to be seen. But when we are seen by God, He never, ever, ever reacts with a spirit of rejection, but always with a spirit of love. Thinking of the prodigal son lying in the pigsty, saying, Lord, let me just go home to my dad. I'll go home. I'll, I'll work as a servant. I won't be his son anymore. I'll just, I'll just be there. And he's going. He's got this massive speech prepared. His father sees him coming from a long way. He meets him, and he's giving this speech that he's prepared to himself. And midway, the father just interrupts him and says, you're my son. Come. So when I'm preaching this message, I'm not preaching this message because I want us to do better. <laughs> Quite the opposite. I want us to, for a moment, allow ourselves to be seen. And it's extremely scary to be seen. Just remember, I cried in front of all of you guys tonight. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's not like that. <laughs> so, and from this, I really want us to, as we're going into communion now, to just be real with ourselves. And to say, Lord, tonight I'm just going to, I'm just going to let everything that I want to try and hold up to just make like I'm coping in life. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put that on the floor, and I'm gonna come to your feet. And when we have communion, we do that in remembrance of Jesus, in remembrance of what He did. But also when we have communion, it's a place where we can have communion with one another. We can be in community. It's a place where we can be vulnerable towards one another. It's a place where we can actually share with one another where we are at in life. And I really want to, I just want to extend the invitation to each and everyone tonight as we're having communion. We're going to have a few application questions, and it's going, to be, it's going to be application questions that is quite direct. And it's going to be application questions that is going to force us to look into ourselves to see where we are at. And the heart behind that is not to expose you, but to give us as a church the, 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 just a moment where we can actually be church to one another and pray for one another. And have communion with one another. And just be in a place where we can support one another. Can, can come alongside one another. And as we're having communion, and be, first of all, if the Holy Spirit is literally sharing, just 
pulling on something in your heart, I want to really challenge you, be vulnerable and share it. Because the longer that you keep it there, the longer it will stay there. Because you in yourself have no ability to take that out of your heart. And in the moment of vulnerability, the Lord comes and He restores. And He does not reject. So as we're having communion, we can do it in maybe groups of two to four. Not too big a groups because I really want us to just have intimate time with one another where we can really just get to where we are at. And as we're having communion, the reflection question is going to be on the board as well. We can discuss which master are you currently serving and living for. And then secondly, which of the following do you currently experience more in your life? Joy and peace or anxiety and worry slash fear and why? And uh, yeah, as we're having communion, really just know and just keep it in the back of your mind. The, sto- the parable of Jesus with the lady that was just caught in adultery. The Pharisees wanted to stone her. But Jesus said, stand up. I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. So just, rem- just keep in mind the gracious character of Jesus. And how he's really wanting to be a father for us, not wanting to condemn us.